took the draft order. So, this is how we're gonna do it. I spent a lot of time, put a lot of effort into it, got very excited. So, that'll go over there. This Everyone is on the count of three, put your hand in, pull out a piece of paper. Here we go, one, two, three. Oh, wow. There it this is. This is really exciting. Number oh, four. Number six. Number one. Number one. <laughs> Tim Brady, mother Congratulations. But that is not where you're going to be drafting. See the kids over there? The kid with your number is your kid. Where they finish in the race is where you draft. Huh, bitches? You, you didn't even pick your own child. That's good because she's not that fast. Dynasty, Debbie, Redraft, DFS, and Betty. Gridiron Fantasy Show has got you covered. Featuring my guys, Paul Edgington and... Derek Cook. Take it away, boys. Welcome in to this week's episode of the Gridiron Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Paul Edgington, joined by my co-host as always, Derek Cook. Derek, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing pretty good. Um, no complaints overall for the day or the weekend. I've got something to do tomorrow that's pretty important. And then uh, went out to like a little Valentine's Day, you know, late lunch, early dinner. Tried calamari for the first time. Was not a fan. But other than that, excellent food. How about yourself? Oh, it's just been a fantastic week, as I'm sure you can tell from my voice. I'm a little congested, getting over whatever virus or bug has been floating around this week. So finally starting to feel better, just in time for the Super Bowl. So I'm pretty excited about that. For sure glad that you're feeling better. I know uh, myself personally, I haven't felt 100% in probably two, two and a half weeks. Whatever it is that's going around is is lingering for sure. Don't think it's the vid, but... Yeah, I've tested myself a handful of times, and it's definitely not that. But I'm in the same boat. The last three, four weeks, seems like every few days, start feeling sick, and it just rolls on and keeps lasting for another few days. Yeah, same same thing, man. It's like, like you said, every two, three days, it hits you for like two, three days, start feeling better, and wash, rinse, repeat. Oh, it's the worst. I feel like no matter what medicine I take, nothing really helps. The only thing, the NyQuil knocks me out, but still wake up feeling about the same as I did the day before. Yeah, when you start getting to our age and decrepit about the only thing that helps with with sickness is, unfortunately, sleep. Uh, old and decrepit before 30. It's it's a sad time we live in, brother. Yep, it is unfortunate. But we're going to go with a little bit of a different format for you this week. Instead of three separate episodes, we're just going to bring to you one giant action-packed episode. Debbie, Dynasty, Betting, all grouped together in one and see how that works out for everyone. Yeah, we're also recording remotely because, you know, like Paul said, he's uh, a little under the weather. His whole family's kind of under the weather. I'm a little under the weather and it's just... We'll just keep our under-the-weathers separate for now. so We don't want to mix and match just yet. Absolutely. Can't be cross, crossing streams. That would be good right now. Who knows what, what virus we'd create crossing all the streams together right now. It'd be a whole new variant, I'll tell you. 
but we'll go ahead and kick it off with some dynasty talk. I'll let you mostly take the lead on this one. I saw some rumors flying around about your Cowboys that Zeke is supposedly going to be restructured and they're going to franchise tag Tony Pollard. What are your thoughts on those possible rumors and that situation going on right now? I mean, honestly, I I like the dynamic that the two bring to the team. Um, I don't think either of them work as well without the other one. Uh, Tony Pollard's electric does everything really well that Zeke does not, which unfortunately seems to be being electric, uh, receiving chops, doing anything that's got to do with being athletic. And on the flip side, Zeke's your third and short back, your pass blocking back, your goal line back. He mooches a lot of, you know, short yardage touchdowns from, from Pollard. So for fantasy purposes, it makes sense because they both should realistically probably finish in the top 15 next year again. Um, personally, being a Cowboys fan, I figured that they would – I was hoping they'd let Zeke go because of the money, but if he's willing to restructure and not be a significant um, hindrance on trying to, you know, go out and get free agents or whatever, um, good on him. You know, he's got a house in Texas, and Jerry Jones likes him, so if it, if it makes sense – good um the franchise tag on tony pollard to me is kind of crazy because um you know franchise tag you're talking about the average of a average salary of a top five running back and i don't know if i put him in that that ballpark of a, a top five running back personally uh the worst thing about these two unfortunately is that is just both of them they're not old yet but zeke's 26 he'll be 27 in the season and pollard's only a year younger than him so Maybe the Cowboys get crazy and take Bijan in the upcoming draft. I don't know. I'm crossing my fingers for that. That'd be cool, but I know it won't happen. But uh, we're going to have to look to replace these guys in the very near future. Yeah, that's one crazy thought I always have is it seems like when people speak about their situation, they act like Pollard's a good two, three years younger than Zeke, but he's right on his heels in terms of age. He just came into the league a lot later. Yeah, it's a common misconception for a lot of people. Like you said, a lot of people think he's 22, 23, 24, and he's, I think he's only like 10 months younger than Zeke. And Zeke came in, you know, after his junior season, and I think he was an older junior himself. I think he got in the league, he was 21, or first year in the league was 21. So I, I don't know, but they're they're a lot closer in age than I think a lot of people realize. Yeah, I think restructuring Zeke and tagging Pollard is probably the best situation for the Cowboys and both players all around. Get that thunder and lightning once again. It seems like every year Pollard's role just keeps growing and expanding, and Zeke is still that hammer that he's always been. Yeah, I mean, that kind of like I alluded to earlier, I don't think either of them are as effective if they're the sole guy. Like you said, thunder and lightning, they, they go together great. Um it beats the alternative of having neither next season. So, you know, there's there's the plus side. And if you're going to save money by restructuring Zeke's deal, personally, I'm all all for it. I think I think it's a good move. Um, again, like I said earlier, I don't think I don't necessarily think Tony Pollard is worth a franchise tag. But I get it. You don't want to lock him up long term because you want that financial freedom here in a year or two, and they're both gone. So it's it's not a bad move. I don't think he's worth that money, 
but yeah, don't don't lock him up long term. I get it. Yeah, I agree with you there. I don't think he's worth necessarily what the franchise tag will cost, but in the end, for the cap and stability going forward, it it'll be worth it in this situation. With the way Jerry Jones is and the Cowboys always seeming to be competitive, you definitely don't want to just start from scratch with the way that offense runs on the RBs. So bring them both back and figure it out later. It just That's pretty just much my thoughts with that. Exactly where I'm at with it too. You know, just to, we we say it a lot with like quarterbacks, like a bridge gap. This is a bridge gap. It's exactly what this is. We'll see Absolutely. if they decide to. I don't know. Maybe they draft a, a running back early in the. Or, well, I shouldn't say early, but you know, first round, second round, and see what they see what they do. I mean, of course, this running back class is just absolutely loaded with talented backs. So they could even wait till you know, round three, four, five, get someone they could develop for a season or two. Still have them for cheap and still pretty young. Yeah, I think that's that would be the best case. You know, like you said, like round three, draft a guy that you really like, has upside, young, maybe a little raw, and um, basically let him sit a year. You've got your bridge gap this year. So... If if I were the Cowboys, that's what personally I would be doing. And come our fantasy rookie draft time, I would be keying in on a guy like that. You know, whoever, if the Cowboys take a running back with third, fourth round draft capital or better, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be drafting them. Yeah, I can't say I wouldn't be doing the same. But we'll go ahead and move into our main dynasty topic this week. As we discussed a little bit on last week's episode, we're going to do a top 12 of the quarterbacks age 25 or younger, and we're going to do it by tiers, but we'll just cap it at about 12 quarterbacks for each of us. So I'll go ahead and lead off with my tier three, which will be my bottom tier. It's not looking pretty. A lot of mostly unproven or recently proven players. I got Brock Purdy in this tier. By default, he played really well going down the stretch. Likely earned himself a starting job, depending on the outcome of his injury and recovery. Then I got Daniel Jones, a.k.a. Danny Dimes. He played extremely well this season, and I just think that the Giants are going to bring him back for at least a one- or two-year contract. Probably be used as a bridge guy going forward. But he proved he could get it done under Dayball and lead the Giants to a playoff victory. Then I got two rookies in this tier, just with the QB landscape, with how it's looking, especially for the younger players. I didn't want to put Kenny Pickett on this list. Not a big Pickett guy. So I got Bryce Young, and my personal favorite, Anthony Richardson. Just love the upside of those two guys over like a Kenny Pickett, Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, how even Will Levis, those type of guys. So that wraps up my tier three. So Derek, what are you thinking over there? Um, in regards to your four and your tier, um, I mean, I've, I've got a very similar list in, in on this tier three for me. I totally agree with you that Daniel Jones, I think he honestly saved his career this last year. 
at least for the time being. He he proved that he's a serviceable quarterback and can lead a team to the playoffs. So I, I agree with you on Daniel Jones. Again, I also agree with you on, on Brock Purdy. Um, Stats-wise, Brock Purdy looked really good. It's unfortunate that he had that that injury in the playoffs because um, that Eagles game might have been a little bit closer. But for fantasy purposes, I agree with you. Um, Bryce Young, uh, personally, I have him a little bit higher on my list, but I don't think it's a, a bad idea to have him in Tier 3. I, I also agree with you that it, it just depends on wherever he goes. You know, if he goes to a team like, say, the Lions – I think you'd probably have to move him up a tier. And then um, last but not least, Anthony Richardson. I also have him in, on my list. And um, unfortunately with him being a guy that's not going to come in and start immediately, it, it kind of sucks because you're playing the long game, which you are anyways playing Dynasty. You're, you know, play for, you're expecting to play for at least another three to five years. But Anthony Richardson, I think his ceiling is just absolutely crazy. To me, he's uh, Lamar, ass, Lamar Jackson-esque athletically, but he can actually throw the ball. So take that for what it is. Um, but we'll get on to my Tier 3. So I've got one honorable mention, and it's a guy that's on your list that you just said, uh, Brock Purdy. I don't think we really need to talk much more about it. I think that he's in a great situation. If Had he not been injured, I think that uh, QB situation up there would be because they're not bringing Jimmy G back. I think that their mind would have been made up that if Brock Purdy was healthy, that they'd be shipping Trey Lance off. But now that Brock Purdy's healthy, they'll be getting Trey Lance back. Obviously, at some point, well before they get Brock Purdy back, they're gonna have to go out there and get a backup quarterback because, in my opinion, their their win now window is right now. So, my honorable mention, and then I have three in my tier three. So. I've got Daniel Jones. We've talked about him. You talked about him. I talked about him. That's enough. Anthony Richardson, another guy. We've talked about him. I've, how You know how I feel about him. And then um, I will disagree with you here, Will Levis. I I have him here. I know that everybody wants to compare him to, to Josh Allen, blah, blah, blah. I, I get that. I, I can see where he's coming from. I don't necessarily think it's there. The, he's got a huge arm, no doubt about it, and he's he is built like Josh Allen. But I don't know if he's – it's hard to say because Josh Allen came to the league and was not polished and not ready and also had terrible decision-making. And I think Will Levis kind of fits that same mold. I, I put him here because I, I do like Will Levis as a prospect. I'm also kind of in love with the arm, won't lie, just like everybody else is. We all fell in love with Zach Wilson's arm a couple years ago. So, you know, it, it is what it is. But, yeah, depending on where he goes, he could be higher or lower on this. I will say this. This is, this is basically a top 12 list for QBs 25 and under. There's not fucking very many of them. There's about 15 guys to choose from. So, I had Kenny Pickett on this list originally. And he was going to be my very last guy. Not my honorable mention, but my last guy in my tier three. But I did change it to Daniel Jones because I, I respect the hell out of what Daniel Jones accomplished this last year. Like I said, I think he earned himself a contract extension. So, but that's Yeah, that's when I was I making, you know, my 
general player pool to choose from, and I was listing quarterbacks, and I was probably about uh, seven or eight in. I'm like, okay, this isn't so bad. And then I'm like, oh, Mac, Wilson, Daniel Jones, Purdy, rookies. Bailey Zappi. Zappi, Malik, Corral, Ritter, you know, guys that very well might not even have a job next year. So you're right. It it was slim pickings more than I originally thought when I came up with the idea for us. And just writing them down, like, oh, this is getting ugly. Yeah, I mean, I've got... I've got 16 that I picked out of the 12. You know what I mean? Like, I, I trimmed 16 down to basically 13. Like I said, I had an honorable mention in, in Brock Purdy. So, I only had to cut three. But, you know, like you said, you know, guys like Sam Howe and, and all those, you know, rookies from last year that didn't have the super high draft, Malik Willis, um, I, it's – the guys haven't produced yet, so it's 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 hard to put them on this. Or they're not bona fide starters yet either, so it's hard to put them on this on this list. And a guy like Brock Purdy, the reason why I didn't necessarily put him on is because I don't I don't know what the hell they do with him now that he's injured. It's hard to say. Yeah, I couldn't. As much as I love Malik Willis, I couldn't put him on the list. If you're not, in my eyes, good. He's not locked and loaded to have a job or even have the opportunity to get a job. The, the Whereas at least thing... with like a rich, he's more than likely going to be highly drafted. He's right. going to be the guy somewhere, maybe not next year, but the year after. Sam Howell's the guy to start out camp is what Ron Rivera said this past week, but who knows how long that will last. Ritter. Yeah. I guess we're just going to have to wait till draft day to see what the Falcons do to Kind of speculate on him, and then Corral being a third round pick of a previous staff, probably not going to be around much longer. Absolutely, and then um, getting back to like what you said about Malik Willis, I I also love Malik Willis, and had he been drafted in the top ten in real life, this would probably be a totally different conversation. But I, I my biggest problem with Will Levis is is who his head coach is. Mike Vrabel just doesn't like him. I don't think there's much more that needs to be said about it. Unfortunately for Malik Willis. Yeah, that's big reason. I don't think he's going to really get a true shot. His variable does not seem like he's the biggest Malik Willis fan. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you, man. I, I totally agree. But I'll go ahead and let you roll us into tier two and let's hear what you got there. All right, so I've I've got five guys in my my tier two, and I'm kind of working from bottom to top, so kind of in an order, but they're all in the same tier. So I've got Tua, and I kind of feel dirty for putting him this far down this list. The big hindrance for me is his ability to stay healthy. I I love the kid; he's a great dude, and I think he's far above an average quarterback. And he's got the weapons down there and, and the coach to, to put up great fantasy numbers and numbers in real life. But you got to wonder if he takes, you know, another shot or two to the head, will he retire? So that's, that's 
mainly my reason for having him so low in these tiers. And then above him, I've got I've got Bryce Young. I love me some Bryce Young, man. You know, former Heisman Trophy winner. I know hard to compare it to college, but he's he makes all the right reads. He's got it between the ears. He's a little bit, you know, on the shorter side. Um, also, in my opinion, very skinny. But depending on where he goes, he could, again, move up and down. And then next, your guy, kind of my guy too, I've got Trey Lance. Had Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy again not gotten injured, he'd probably be a little bit lower on this tier list. But now that Brock Purdy's injured, I feel like he's got a more clear shot to be the guy in San Francisco still. We've kind of keep harping on it. The draft cap they spent on him, it's, it's hard to discredit that. So I feel like we got to still put a little bit of respect on Trey Lance's name. We've done a, a couple startups here recently, and I feel like he's been drafted pretty highly still. Not as high as last year, but he, I wouldn't necessarily say he fell. Uh, second to last guy in this tier is going to be C.J. Stroud. Again, if C.J. Stroud goes to the Lions, I'm all for it. I love it. If he goes to the Texans, I fucking hate it. C.J. Stroud's to me, is right up there, you know, making every pass that he can, you know, making all the passes. He's right up there with a guy like Will Levis. I think Will Levis' arm strength overall-wise is a lot better, but C.J. Stroud can make every fucking throw. And in the the national semifinal game, he showed his ability to, you know, run the ball a little bit, maneuver, and, you know, just, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, articulate or manipulate the pocket as he saw fit. So I, I really like CJ. He's back bumped back up again for me. And then last guy in this tier is Justin Fields. I love me some Justin Fields. I pray that the Chicago Bears don't destroy this guy. There's we talked about it tons of times on the show. They they as an organization, they're terrible. They have a lot of work to do to keep this guy upright, and hopefully he doesn't have to rush for a thousand yards again in a season. But as fantasy guys, we'll take the thousand rushing yards from a quarterback all day long. That that ends my tier two quarterbacks. Yeah, we definitely have some similarities. I'll go ahead and do the same. I'll start from the bottom to the top. I have C.J. Stroud right at the bottom of that tier. I agree with everything you said about him, but. Still a rookie, unknown landing spot. So we will see what happens with him. If he goes to Colts, Panthers, fuck the Raiders, I could bump him up a few spots within the same tier. But for now, he's at the bottom. Then I got Tua right above him, just because Tua has proven that he can do it at a high level this past season. I understand all the concussion concerns and all that floating around with him, but he's still out there balling when he is healthy. And then after Tua, maybe a bit of a surprise nowadays, but I have Trey Lance right towards the top of the tier. We've said it before. I think he's going to be a starter, whether it's in San Fran or one of these other QB needy teams. He's going to be the guy somewhere next season to get a fair shot at it, hopefully. And I think once he does get on the field consistently, 
He's going to be a monster for fantasy. He's already shown flashes in a handful of games. So we just need to see it consistently and him to have the job all to himself. And then I got Justin Fields right at the top of this tier. All the same reasons you listed. Great rushing upside. Hopefully he does develop as a passer and get weapons around him and a little bit better offensive line. And we can see a little bit more from his game all around as opposed to just being happy with the rushing game. So that'll round out my tier two. Pretty good tier. If I have really any of these guys, it's my QB one. The time being, I'm I'm content with that. Yeah, Besides, I mean, if, if I have fields, I'm pretty ecstatic right now. No, absolutely. I mean, and to me, in this whole list, this this to me was the biggest tier. So, you know, again, like you said, if I have any of these guys, I'm I'm pretty fucking happy. The only one that I I might not be happy about is Tua, and that's just with the injury concern. I, I'm not saying like he's dead in the water, but I would be actively shopping to either move him to get, you know, trade down and get some extra on top or use him to trade up. Yeah, I can see that be a pretty, pretty easy move to make either which way. It wouldn't be too hard to make a move in that, that situation, but I'll go ahead and roll into my tier one again from bottom to top. At the very bottom of the tier, Justin Herbert. Still a top eight quarterback overall, I'd say. But the shine has worn off him just a little bit so far. And then I've seen that Keenan Allen could be a cut candidate this offseason along with Gerald Everett. So he'd be walking into next year with Mike Williams as the wide receiver one. Josh Palmer. And I'm assuming in that situation they would draft someone. So that wouldn't really be the best situation compared to what he's had before. And then, right after him, I have Kyler. Even with the ACL injury, he is locked and loaded with that contract. So you know he's going to be starting for the next three to four years. No questions asked. He's going to produce. We've seen it over and over again. And then, I have T-Law. He's quickly progressing into what we all thought he was going to be, especially for fantasy. Putting up top 10 numbers week in, week out now. We're seeing what we've been wanting to see from T-Law. And then, my guy that I've been preaching about for the past three years, Jalen Hurts. He's my top guy under 25 or 25 and under by far. Give me Jalen Hurts over every person on this list and then some. The guy's just a beast for fantasy. He's a beast of the NFL. He's going to bring home a Super Bowl trophy. Hopefully a Super Bowl MVP as well. Like I predicted at the beginning of the season, Chiefs and Eagles. I'm over the moon that I actually got that right for once. But hopefully it'll be a bang-up game. We'll talk more about that later, but that's where I'm at with my Tier 1. Be happy with any of these guys, but most of all, I want Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I mean, when you get up here to Tier 1, it's pretty fucking obvious who your options are. We have the exact same list. Mine's in a... I, I've got, you know, a guy flipped with you. But 
I so um, I start off at Kyler at the bottom of this tier. Basically, in a roundabout way, the same reasons that you said. If he was playing, he'd probably be above Justin Herbert. He he's out for a year. It's the only reason he's down. Love Kyler Murray. He's 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 a fucking beast. He's he's been a beast since day one. And then above which, oh, let me pull back on him for a second though. Um, if they lose DeAndre Hopkins, which will be okay for next season, it would be interesting who they would try to replace him with. You know, without having like an alpha there. I know Kyler's done good when DeAndre Hopkins was out early last season too, but again, same reasons you said. He's locked up to that big deal, mega deal, all kinds of money. Can't play Call of Duty, whatever. So Kyler's without a doubt in this top tier. It third from the top, I've got Justin Herbert. The same thing. The newness is worn off. We say prospect fatigue for for Devi. This is like NFL fatigue for for Justin Herbert. You know, last year, the year before that, he was a bona fide top three quarterback. Um, he fell in the in rookie drafts the year he came out, and I think he finishes like a top seven quarterback his rookie year. Hell of a year, but like you said, tons of fucking weapons. Now I think it's going to be the time that we see if he's able to make those guys around him better, or, or what's he what's he really about? We obviously love the arm. He he's talented. He's got crazy physically he's crazy physically gifted let's just see if he can put it together without having guys like you said like Keenan Allen at two here it doesn't change I've got Trevor Lawrence you know he him and Christian Kirk had a hell of a season together year one I'm sure their chemistry just gets even better as they you know continue to age together play together Um, and then it'll be interesting if they if they get him more weapons that that whole I think Jacksonville Jaguars there are a few pieces from being a legit contender personally. And then same thing, Jalen Hurts top of the list. That that's no doubt about it. His team's playing for a Super Bowl, so and he's got any weapon. He's got all the weapons. He's got all the toys. He can pretty much do it all as an NFL quarterback. So I mean, if if there's any knock on him, it's you know maybe just a tad bit on the arm. But, I mean, you don't have to have Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Arn to be a, a damn good quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, that is true. You don't always need the big arm to go out there and be successful. We've seen it with many players over the years. They could be like Joe Burrow, not the biggest arm, but he's deadly accurate. Does pretty well for himself, I'd say. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there's NFL Hall of Fame guys that didn't have crazy big arms. You know, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, guys like that. They made a killing in hell of an NFL career just by being accurate as fuck. If you can throw it accurately accurately up to 50 yards down the field, you're fucking good. Absolutely. That'll about wrap up our Devi portion of the episode. I'm sorry, Dynasty portion of the episode. We'll go ahead and move on to Debbie. Going to do a similar concept to this, but we'll just talk about our, I think we both did uh, our top four tiers of Debbie quarterbacks. After the top four tiers, we're really just shooting in the dark, seeing what's going to stick to the wall with a bunch of more so unproven or inexperienced guys. So we decided just to stick with our top four tiers. 
and see how that shakes out. I'll go ahead and get the low-hanging fruit out of the way for us. I believe we both, in Tier 1, all by himself, Caleb Williams. Yeah, we called it a, we call this S-Tier. Yeah, the Superman tier, huh? Yeah, that's absolutely. I mean, he's bona fide, locked, stud, top of the list, by himself, won't change. Yep, I think everyone knows why. He's just, he's that guy. Yeah, yeah I mean, I don't even, we don't even really have to talk about him. It's just, it's Caleb fucking Williams. Might be the two, might be the second two-time Heisman Trophy winner, so. And then... Go ahead and move on to Tier 2. It's a very short tier for me. Just two players. Drake May and the Golden Mullet, Quinn Ewers. Although I did see a picture floating around that he did shave the mullet. So we can't call him the Golden Mullet anymore. It's just going to be Quinn Ewers from now on, unfortunately. That's unfortunate. I'll probably still call him the Golden Mullet, but that sucks. Yeah, so that's, that's it for my Tier 2, just those two in it. What's your Tier 2 looking like? Well, I mean, same guys. I've got Drake May above Quinn Ewers personally, but I've actually got a third fella in there, and he goes by the name of motherfucking Cam Ward. I love me some Cam Ward, man. That's that's my guy. I know he's your guy too. I think he fucking rocket ships up this year. I almost put him in there. I just, I couldn't do it quite yet. But I agree. He's going to shoot up the draft boards, hopefully. The guy's got all the tools in the toolbox. He's going to get another year at the D1 Power 5 level. So hopefully he balls out once again. and People take a little bit more notice on him. I think they'll have to. I mean, how can you not? You know what I mean? How can you not? Like you said, he's... He literally does everything well above average. You know what I mean? So, he'll he'll get noticed. That's, no complaints about that whatsoever coming from me. But myself just couldn't do it this early. I I, I, after week one, might be a different story. I, I can see why you, why you didn't. I do believe, I mean, I'm not going to argue with you that there's might be a little bit of a gap between Quinn and Cam. But I wasn't entirely impressed with Quinn all year last year either. Plus, he lost, you know, Bijan. So, we'll see how he does without that bell cow. Yeah, that'll be very interesting to see how that offense runs the next season. I'll kick off Tier 3. I do have Cam Ward at the top of that tier. Followed by Shadur Sanders, J.J. McCarthy, and Drew Aller. Just felt... Cam Ward deserves me at the top of his own tier at this point. Closely followed by Shadur Sanders. I could also see Shadur jumping up the tier two this season as well. And then J.J. McCarthy. I have him over Drew just because of his experience so far. He's shown us the flashes. And Drew, unfortunately, we just haven't seen a lot from him yet. But we will this season. So I anticipate that he'll be ahead of J.J. in my rankings sooner rather than later, most likely. Yeah, I mean, my list is, our lists are going to be extremely similar. You know, we're, once you get through these top four tiers that both you and I made separately, like you said earlier, you get the 
guys who haven't played college ball hardly at all or enough to really evaluate them. Um, but anyway, so at the top of my tier three, I've got Shadur Sanders. He's, you know, just the top of my my tier there. I uh, feel the same way as you. He very well could make his way up to, you know, top of the second tier come, you know, this time next year or at some point next year. And then under him, I've got J.J. McCarthy. Same reasons you said. Unfortunately, I don't think J.J. goes much higher on this list. Um, I say that because of the offense that Michigan runs and their lack of ability to create a very deep wide receiver room. They, I, I can't blame them. You know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You'd lead the Big Ten or damn near lead the Big Ten in rushing the last two, three years. And you're doing extremely well making the playoffs. There ain't no reason to go out there and get crazy good wide receivers. And then right under him, same, Drew Aller. And honestly, the only re same thing. I have J.J. above Drew Aller because J.J.'s played. We've seen what J.J.'s done. Very efficient, doesn't put up crazy god or gaudy numbers or anything, but doesn't turn the ball over much and just does everything extremely well. Drew Aller, I, I think I'll probably put him above J.J., depending on how well he does within the first half of the season next year. I just – he's – I think – he's already like – I think you had a um, a Devi draft, and you said Drew Aller went – was it first round? He went crazy stupid high, I thought you said. So, oh, yeah, he went like sixth overall in one of them. Yeah, so obviously his name's already out there. He's extremely popular. He was a super uh, – I, I don't know why I keep saying super, but he was a highly recruited uh, five-star, so – I think he's going to show why he was rated that this year, and I think he just balls out next year. And then the last guy in my tier two, really I'm going to say that it's going to be whoever the Ohio State quarterback ends up, starting quarterback ends up being. I've currently got it as Kyle McCord because I think that's what they do. But if it's Devin Brown, I'd also place him in the same spot. Yeah, I have that in my – Tier four, our final tier. I have Kyle McCord right now, but Devin Brown's right behind him. Whoever wins the starting job is gonna stay where they're at. The loser's gonna drop down pretty far in the rankings, just not playing the season. I mean that's same I mean it's the same thing in my rankings. I've got them both I mean they're separated by like four players. And that's only because there's a you know it's a QB competition. Once the starter's right. named, like you said, the backup poop probably going to go down to the bottom third of the list. Absolutely. I'll go ahead and get my tier four out of the way. Not too exciting. I got a Jackson Dart, my guy, Bo Nix. I think he'll end up getting drafted. And then DJU. I think he'll resurrect his career a little bit at Oregon State. And then I have Kyle McCord just behind him. Same thing as J.J. McCarthy and Drew Aller. McCord may not be the starter, and we haven't seen him yet. And then, a little bit of a shocker. We've talked about him a little bit on the past few episodes. The starting quarterback in Tennessee, Joe Milton, rounds out by Tier 4. He probably should be a little bit higher, but conservatively, wanted to sneak him in there. But I could see him going up to Tier 3 easily at some point this season. 
maybe even higher if the NFL is hot on him. But I had to put our guy in there. I mean, we basically have the exact same fucking list. Um, Jackson Dart is the top of my uh, tier four. Bo Nix right behind him. They do a lot of shit very fucking similar, so they're back-to-back to me. Personally, I like Jackson Dart a little bit better than Bo Nix, but I don't think you can be mad at either of them. And again, same thing, DJU. I also think that, you know, going to Oregon State, new change of scenery, new coaches, new weapons, blah, blah, blah. It could revitalize his career, and he could be up there in Tier 3 come, you know, the end of next season. And then, uh, same fucking thing, man. Um, Joe Milton, my my dark horse candidate for, uh, when I made that, it was like three four weeks ago. But my favorite for the NFL or for the Heisman this year. So I'm putting it out there again. I'm that that's Bo Nix was your guy and that was your horse. Joe Milton's my guy and that's my horse this year. So, but that that rounds out my. My tier. Yeah, got to ride the horses for as long as you can. Yeah, why not? You know what I mean. That you got to know whether or not you're right or wrong. So I'm not. I'm not hating on it at all. Yeah, just a little overview. Definitely excited about tier one, tier two. Very, very excited about tier three. I feel like there's a lot of room for those guys to grow and progress this season. Tier oh, four is where it gets a little bit sour. Yeah, tier four is like those really good college quarterbacks, but probably not going to be anything in the NFL type guys. Like DJU is going to have – like the only guy to me that realistically has a shot uh, is probably DJU. I mean, Joe Milton too, but, you know, I've got Kyle McCord a little bit higher, so I, I totally agree with you on tier three. I – Unfortunately, in Tier 3, I feel like everybody in that tier, at least for me, has the potential to, to shoot up besides J.J. Like, you, to me, we, like, and that's no hate towards J.J. What he's, what he does and can do and is, you know, made to do in the system of that offense is fucking fantastic and great. But he's, you know, not, you're not, he's not going to do anything that blows your socks off, you know, when they beat Ohio State and had all the explosive plays, like, that was great. Love that. Don't expect it. You know, so. But tier three is what I'm most excited for. I, I could realistically seeing Shadur Sanders, Drew Waller, and whoever the Ohio State quarterback is basically jumping up to tier two and possibly knocking down a guy or two from there. And then pretty much year after year, you always get a guy – off the radar that fucking climbs way the fuck up draft boards come, you know, this time. So we'll see how that pans out as the season goes on. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it's bound to happen. It's just going to be a matter of who is it? I mean, I have no idea on, on, on the, on my list, maybe Nick Evers. I mean, but other, I mean, but, uh, he, you know, he's a 25 guy, I believe, so I couldn't think of anybody this year. I mean, pretty much anybody who's going to be coming out this year, we've already seen. And, you know, they'd have to take significant steps 
up to blow us off the list. It's going to be a out of left field guy that we we don't even fucking know. We know, but you know what I'm saying. Oh, I'm picking up what you're putting down there, pal. But yeah, it's pretty cool little exercise. I know before this, I've usually just ranked my Debbie guys one by one for the most part. Really the first time I've broken it down into tiers, which I prefer tiers anyways, but I just haven't done it for Debbie yet. But now I will. I, a little bit gives you a, a more clear picture of the landscape, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm, I'll probably do... I agree with you totally because I when we do lists like this, call me weird, whatever. But like I like colors. It's better than just sitting there staring at a a black and white screen. So it breaks up the nuance and just gives you know something for something fun for the eyeballs to look at. But I'll probably stick to like you know four or five tiers for at least quarterback sake, and then after that, you know what I mean. Like there's no sense in tiering every single guy because they're not all playing or we don't know what they are or what they're going to do. But I agree. I'm I'm going to go on and you know, over the coming days tear all my all my devy stuff up because it's just to me it's easier to look at and it makes more sense because you know, you have three or four guys in the exact same tier. Personally, when I put them in a tier, I do have them in a rank, but they're all in the same tier and you I feel like you could expect similar output from all of them. But yeah, I'm I'm going to go the same tier route too as you. Yeah, I agree. Not every player deserves to be in a tier, especially when we're talking about Debbie, like you said. A lot of unknowns that we're not going to find out, hell, even this season, or maybe even next season. Right. So I'll just I'll do the same thing. I'll leave those guys at the bottom. They'll be in my rankings. They just won't be tiered off until we see something from them. Right. But Absolutely. That'll do it for the Debbie portion. We'll go ahead and move on to the betting of the Super Bowl. We did probably about 10 to 15 bets between the two of us last week. So this one will be a little bit shorter compared to that. Yeah, we had, uh, I think we had six each, and then we did the, the on-air parlay. So we had combined a total of 13. So... Not not too shabby. I, I think that for the most part, we pretty well picked through and did. I mean, it's it's one game, and we both did six each. And I don't. I, we might have had a couple of duplicates, but you're you're not. You're not gonna find much more than that. You know what I mean? That you're liking the odds and you know willing to put money on. In my at least in my opinion, so. Yeah, I agree with you there. I was looking at. Tossing some more on our betting sheet, but for reasons like that, I just don't want to make bets for the sake of making bets if I'm not too keen on the odds or if I don't think it's actually going to hit. I'd rather just go with what I'm confident with. I totally agree with you on that for sure. But we'll go ahead and just kick this little shindig off with another parlay. I know last week we did just regular player props we didn't do any touchdowns like we normally do but this week we'll go ahead and get back to what's worked for us in the past for the most part do some anytime touchdown props or parlay 
So, same thing as we always do. We'll each throw one guy in for sure. And then we'll come together as a consensus on the third leg of the parlay. So, I'll go first. Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I, I, it's going to really be cash like money. One. He's going to get a rushing touchdown, I think. Uh, absolutely. I totally agree with you on that one. He was – I've got four touchdown scores in my bet slip. He's one of them. So, I think since you picked the, the Eagles guy, and I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I know you said earlier that you think the Eagles win. I think the Eagles win, and I, I think it's, it's never in doubt. It's going to be like a 10 to 13-point game at least. But I'm going to say Travis Kelsey. I can't. I can't bet against the man. I think Travis Kelsey. I had a feeling you'd go there. It's it's hard to bet against him, and he's got the best odds at minus one fifteen to score a touchdown. That and uh, don't aren't the um, the wide receiver room for the Chiefs? Aren't they missing somebody? Somebody got hurt. Uh, I can't remember who. I know Juju will be back. I think Tony's going to be a part of the game plan. Okay. I I think maybe uh, Nicole Hardman. Yes, he is. Would he be is the out. one missing. Yeah, he's out. You're right. So, but other than that, they should be fairly, pretty much back to full strength compared to last week. Fucking MVS going to go out and get 130 again. Yeah, he better not. He really fucked me last week. <laughs> I hear that. But let's see here. Let's pull up the good old Fando app that we'll be placing this one on. Well, let's see. Miles Sanders is in third place at plus 130. And Isaiah Pacheco is at plus 155 right behind him. Do you think either of them score? I think they both probably score, yeah. Okay, because they're they're both on my four-way bet sheet, so... That was kind of what I was going for, too. Let's see. I think we should go with a little bit of a longer shot. Oh, I'm, I'm good with it, too. Who you, you think? Patrick Mahomes? I don't think so. I, I don't either. Not that ankle's still not 100%. Yeah, I don't think so, either. I'm thinking Kadarius Tony. Okay. I'm down for that. Let's see. It's... Uh... Check the good old Twitter to see if there's been any Kadarius Tony. Any Kadarius Tony news? Yep. I don't. So far, I'm not seeing nothing. So I think it was Andy Reid hinted that there's big plans for him for this game. Ah. So I f- feel pretty good about throwing him in there. Well, let's go for it then. And we're going to bet a whole unit, right? Yep, a whopping unit. There we go. That's so seven, for us. $700 wager. <laughs> I wish our units were that large. Maybe, We'd maybe be living the day. life. Right. So Travis Kelsey, Jalen, and Kadarius Tony, All three anytime touchdown scorers. Yep, so it. $10 wager would win us 150 Not bad. Not bad at all. Yep, we'll just go ahead and lock that in. Yeah, I just locked mine in. 
I'm not liking the way my account's trending. No? No. Yeah, I've been mostly placing bets this past week, and they've all been for for tomorrow. I'm sure once we get done with this, that I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to just scroll down and start hedging some of the bets that I've previously made to, you know, just build up the bankroll a little bit. And then I'm sure when I wake up tomorrow, probably going to do a crap ton more bets. Probably going to bet. Oh, on yeah. I'm, I'm sure I'm going to do a bunch of novelty bets and shit like that just for shits and giggles. Last game of the season. Right. Opening kickoff is going to be a touchback, you know, all that bullshit. Yeah, I'll do the same thing. Enjoy it while we've got it, because it'll be a long time before we get it back. That is true, and then it's going to be pretty damn chaotic compared to us just betting on the playoffs so far. You know, right. We'll have a full oh, whole what, season, 16-game slate every week for the first month. Right. It'll be so cool. I'm going to I'm gonna be one of those guys that puts a, uh, you know, a money line parlay out every week for a dollar that hopefully hits for crazy money. Can't complain with that. You probably do that every week. If you hit once, you still gonna come out of the profit. Oh, I would say so. You know, if you did a you figure sixteen leg parlay picking the money lines for every single one, I mean you're you're probably talking fifty thousand plus, I would assume. It'd be something stupid. Yeah, now that would be that would be fun to hit something silly like that. I'd be ecstatic. And it'd be, you know, I mean, you, there'd be no way for you to, and I wouldn't say blow through that money, but you'd be up for so long. Like, man, that'd be great. Yeah, I might be tailing that right there with you. And just for shits and giggles to try and do that too. I'm going to do that for uh, college football money lines too, I believe. Yeah, that'll be a fun one. Because there's so many more games. Build like a, a $1 that if it hits on all of them, you win like, you probably win a million bucks or something stupid. So I'll definitely be doing that as well. Yep, that's going to be most of your bets. Just silly bullshit. No, but just, you know, college football season, it'll be, it'll be fun to, silly bullshit bets like that. You know, if you say it's a, I don't know, a 40-game parlay or let's just say 30-game parlay and you hit the first 16 and they, you know, offer you a cash out for 40, 50 grand. I'm fucking taking that. I already got lucky, you know, so why not? Yeah, might as well take your profit when you you can get it. Oh, man, if I hit hit 10 in a row, it'd probably be, you know, it, it would all be worth it, you know what I mean? If you can turn a buck into two bucks, I'm happy. Imagine turning a buck into a grand. That'd be crazy. Oh, yeah. I'd shit myself. I wish but? I would have bet more than a buck. Oh, that that would be the thing. You hit it, you're like, oh, look at all this money. But if I would have put five or ten bucks on it. Right. have right. so much more. But that about wraps us up for this week. We'll be coming at you again next week. We'll go ahead and review our Super Bowl props, see how we fare to close out the year. And then for our Dynasty and Debbie portions of the show, we're going to do a couple of mock drafts. Oh, do you want to do a uh, money line spread and over-under? Ah, absolutely. 
Let's see. I got Eagles money line. Eagles by one and a half, and then over the 50 and a half total. Uh, exactly the same. I did the same thing. So, so I, I don't. I, think I put down a unit out. on each of them. Oh, you put down I a also, unit. Yep, a full unit on each one. And then I also put all three of them into a parlay for a unit. Oh, there you go. Doesn't make much sense, but why not? Yeah, I, uh, I'm sorry. You said I'm, you got about the same. Yeah, I, I mean, I picked the exact same thing. Eagles money line, Eagles cover over 50 and a half. I think it's very likely that the Eagles win like 30 to 24 or 30 to 20. You know what I mean? Something like that. 30 to 20 would be 50, but you get what I'm saying. The Eagles going to put yeah. up a fuck ton of points. I wouldn't be surprised if the Chiefs put up, you know, mid to high 20s. So. Yeah, no, I'll be checking out the, uh, I don't know the exact category, but the alternate scores to where you pick oh, Eagles win by one to ten. Yeah, we did that. Uh, I did that last week on the show. I think uh, I had the Eagles like one to thirteen or something like that. Yeah, I know I'll be doing yeah. some of those. Yeah, one to thirteen, and my, I got the odds at one fifty. So wonder what they are now. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure sure a little bit less with the Eagles being favored. I would think so, so but yeah, I I'm I'm gonna play with around with that after we get done with this and probably for a lot of the time tomorrow just <laughs> sit, not necessarily silly, but just really dig deep down the rabbit hole to see how much money I can lose. I'm with you there. I'm gonna wrap up uh podcasting duties that I got for the rest of the night. Then I'm going to sit here and do some more research and play some more bets. Now that the family's all down for the count tonight, I got some quiet alone time. Going to use it to try to make some money. Take advantage of it, you know what I mean? This is a, when you got kids like you and I do, this is unfortunately and kind of happily the alone time you get. So it's fun. Yep, one thirty in the morning. <laughs> Later in the evening, I mean, you know. It is. It is what it is. Um, I said, gotta, gotta take it where we can get it. Yeah. No. No complaints from myself. But that'll wrap us up. Like I said, next week we're gonna be doing a another twenty-three rookie mock. I'll go ahead and find us uh hopefully another seven-round mock draft from Draft Countdown with some updated landing spots, and then we'll attack another uh, two to. Th- Four round Debbie Mock for the twenty four to twenty six class. See how high up these twenty six players are climbing up boards already. So that'll be it for this week's episode of the Gridiron Fantasy Show. You can find myself at Twitter on Twitter at Gump seven two eight five. You can find Derek at D underscore Cook. That's K O C H nine three. And then on all social media, you can find the podcast at gridiron underscore FS. So hopefully you guys enjoyed our new format that we're going to be going with going forward. Do apologize if I sound a bit off due to the sickness floating around. And if there are any technical difficulties that you hear while listening, please, please let us know. Like Derek said, we're recording remotely, so 
using some software that we don't use every week. Usually we are face-to-face in person. So if you hear anything that's off, please let us know. And then hopefully you guys enjoy the Super Bowl, win some bets, eat some good-ass food, and fly, Eagles, fly. Absolutely. Fly, Eagles, fly. Enjoy that Super Bowl, like Paul said, and drink some motherfucking beer, guys and gals. Have fun. Yeah, See ya. Speaking. See you guys. Yeah.